We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another bonus edition of Final Review. Our reactions to the 94th and final Academy Awards. Uh, although after after a ratings boost from last night, maybe this is a sign of good things to come from the Academy Awards. Um, Oz is here, and I don't have a fancy a fancy intro written for you here, Oz, because last time somebody said something that was written for them. Uh, they got slapped in the face in front of 15 million people. <laughs> Oz, how you doing today, man? I'm I'm just bummed, really bummed. <laughs> just that that was that was just a bad, just a bad experience all around last That's, night. A couple good wins that I'm happy yeah. about, but boy, that was a that was a misery slog of a ceremony. That's an appropriate place to to start. Is just the our initial reactions to the overall night. Um, and I look, it's disingenuous if we don't just kind of jump right into the thing that this Oscars is going to be remembered for. And the thing that maybe all the parties involved may end up being remembered for. I'm still kind of putting the historical context involved of what got erased last you're, night. As far you're, as you're talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye winning best makeup. Yeah, uh, seriously. That like really? that's what we're going to remember Jessica <laughs> Chastain for. Yes, absolutely. Um, So. Let's just start with Will Smith against Chris Rock, because that's the number one story that transcends this podcast, transcends movies, transcends the Oscars. It's the number one story in the world today. Oz knows a little bit about my day, but I had to I, I borrowed my parents' car to come back to Queens and I drove it back today and to, to where they live in Long Island and stopped to get them bagels. And what's the number one story at the bagel store? Then what's the number one story at 7-Eleven when I went to get a Red Bull? What's the number one story on the subway? And we start with what happened. Um, so Will Smith. Even oh, sports talk radio. Oh, yeah. When I drove my kids to school this morning. It, they were talking about Chris Rock skits from 20 years ago, dunking on Wild Wild West. Yep. That, that and see, there's a there's a context here, which I'm glad you're gonna that we brought up that I'll get to in a second. Though what happened? So Will Smith, a, a person that I've made many 
made it known t- many times um, that I'm a big fan of, that I'm a, in the camp of Stan for Will Smith. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor, was the front runner going into Last Light. A lot of people, both of us included, so picked him to win and thought he was going to win an Oscar last night uh, at the awards for his performance in King Richard as Richard Williams. Um, about an hour and a half, two hours into the show. In fact, no, two and a half hours. I was going to say like five hours show. into the show. Yeah, I, I lost track at a certain point. Um, about 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Chris Rock comes out to give out the award for best documentary and he's doing crowd work and he makes a joke at Javier Bardem's expense, which I actually found funny, even though he clearly forgot who Penelope Cruz's name is. He just kept <laughs> calling her his wife, Javier Bardem's wife, um, which is ironic because both of us picked the better performance and the, <laughs> both of us picked her to win at the Oscars. So if anything, Chris Rock, do your research. Uh, he then turns to Will Smith and Jada. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, I could, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. So did it hit you the same way it hit me in the sense that that order of events that you didn't know it was real until, holy shit, this is real? And... What was your your initial thoughts in the moment? Like, take me like we were in a group text throughout because of our Oscar pool. And how did it hit you as it was happening? I, like most people, thought it was a bit at first and that they got a little R rated in it. And that's why the sound cut out. But then they had that um, close up shot of Will Smith kind of from the side. Um, and you could tell that that was not a man. Um, yelling as part of the bit. That was a, a man who was genuinely angry. To be honest, I didn't quite understand what the extreme reaction came from because uh, he'd already you know taken the brunt of a a pretty Mm -hmm. rough joke earlier in the uh earlier in the ceremony and really it was just kind of a bummer that this is this is what the oscars are reduced to i mean i guess the upshot is hey the ratings are up and we can attribute some of that to to this shit show and more people have talked about the oscars on twitter than ever before and whatever else but just a bummer. Like that was supposed to be Will Smith's coronation supposed to be kind of his big iconic moment. And it's, it's forever going to be associated with this. I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that there's a universe where, you know, at the end of Will Smith's career, when all is written about him, that this is one of the two or three things that comes up first. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah. The reaction just seems to be so extreme and the spread of it. So all encompassing that I, I'm just I'm I'm kind of bummed because I I look I don't stand Will Smith the way you do but I think he's often quite a good actor and I was happy that he was going to win this award even if I would have picked 
differently with my own vote. Happy for him. I'm happy for him as sort of a career achievement award. And I am just sad that it all played out this way. Yeah, the keyword that I've been using over the last at, at this point, 12, 15 hours since since this happened is disappointed. Um, not in him, though, which is a, a fascinating thing I'm trying to parse out myself because like there's some context here that I'll go through in just a second. But I'm just like disappointed that he ruined his moment, like clearly knowing that he fucked up and that this thing we all wanted, or at least that I really wanted, was to see Will Smith give an acceptance speech at the Oscars. And it was all tarnished because of something he did and a way he reacted to something. The quest love, like that was also his moment. Yep. And he had it ruined by this incident. You could see quest love was like, I'm giving an ex- acceptance speech after that just happened. And like, this was supposed to be the Coda Oscars. Like they were going like, I don't think Troy Troy Coster's moments ruined, but like this could have been like the night that Coda won and went three for three and won best picture. And like, it was a really cool thing that everybody was doing the, the, the sign language uh, applause. Like they knew because of the award race that they've been on, like, this is okay. We've been trained. This is how you applaud when you're with people that are, when you're with the people that are deaf and here you go. Like this is, this is a, a pretty great moment and it's all, overshadowed by the incident. And that's that's like the biggest takeaway I have. The Kotzer one bums me out in particular because he's obviously been my favorite performance of the year for since last January. Mm-hmm. And one that I it was frankly deeply moving for me to see someone win as about as organically as someone can win an award anymore in this day and age of campaigning and everything else. It's really, it's <laughs> yeah. really, I, I'm bummed about it. I'll say it, it, it's probably not the most extreme thing that's happened in, in Oscar history. It's up there. Are um, you going to the, the, um, the, the Brando feather? Yeah. The yeah. little feather. So uh, when Marlon Brando won for the Godfather, he refused to go, um, sent a representative of, of, I, I think it's, um, the Apache nation, yes. um, a, a woman named Shasin Littlefeather who, you know, went up to accept the award on his behalf. And I guess they needed like six cops to stop John Wayne from, from like attacking her or something like that. Yep. And Clint Eastwood was being a prick the entire time. So, um, you know, it, it's, there've been streakers at the Oscars. Obviously we had the envelope gate last or two, what, three years ago now. Um, there've been a lot of these sort of moments, but it, it's hard to think of one where it, it probably has changed the public's perception of a star in quite the same way as, as this one did. Well, so some context real quick. So Chris Rock, let me, let me just go through some recent history. You mentioned him dunking on wild, wild West 2016 Oscars. He's the host. This is an infamous year because of the Oscars. So white hashtag in that all 20 of the nominees that year were white like not even like it wasn't even just like a white and black thing there was no person of color no minority represented in the nominees that year and chris rock was hosting and jada pinkett smith who his her husband will was up for a concussion he was campaigning for and didn't get nominated and she was 
saying on behalf of the other performances, as well as obviously her husband's, um, Chris Rock should boycott. I'm not going to the Oscars. No person of color should go to the Oscars. We should boycott this year. Jada got mad. Jada says she's not coming. Protesting. I'm like, is she on a TV show? Jada's going to boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. I remember the reaction. This is this is not in the infancy of Twitter, but this is like the infancy of my involvement in film Twitter. And the reaction was like, okay, Will Smith's got there is a tweet going around today from 2016. Will Smith has to go punch Chris Rock in the face. That's the only solution. And it's it's one of those. There's always an old tweet that we used to do with Trump. And now, like, there's always an old tweet for this even. And like it's a weird way of spin zoning this, but like I've seen a lot of like, why was Will okay with Amy Schumer's jokes with Wanda Sykes's jokes with Regina Hall's like blatant joke about their open marriage. Why was he okay with that? I think the key word in his clap back to Chris Rock was your like, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Like you're not allowed to make these jokes. I'll get everybody else like to poke fun at me. That's part of the deal. I'm not letting you dunk on me again. And that's like the weird psychoanalysis that I've tried to do over the last 12 hours. I think this is very specifically a Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. And like, as a result, it doesn't excuse anything, but at least gives me understanding as to why Will might've snapped like that. You know, let's say you're right. And I'm just, I'm not in a place to, psychoanalyze okay. will smith i i i don't know um i don't know what's going through his mind i mean certainly we know generally that he's got one of the most carefully cultivated public personas of any star of our lifetime um and clearly not after <laughs> after last night i i will say that if that's true mm-hmm. and if there is a personal animus towards chris rock and all of that then i feel like he should be even more aware of what may be coming and to sort of mentally steal himself that you're going to be really mad when this happens, but there's a time and a place to deal with it. I'm not even saying he shouldn't confront Chris rock or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like there's a conversation to be had there. That's probably not going to be very pleasant for Chris rock that I understand. I get that the way it was handled is not. Yeah. There was an opportunity after the show backstage to have a few words with Chris rock that might not have been very cheery um, and could have addressed the exact same sentiment without this happening the way it did. And if there is a long held beef there, and I don't know if there is or isn't, there's certainly enough jokes that we can, we can construct it sitting at home. I I think you got to steal yourself even more. If you know that that's what you're, if that's what you're facing. Yeah. And that's, I'm not, I want to make it clear as like, the Will Smith stand of the pod. I'm not excusing anything. I, you can't do that. You just can't. And it's like this weird middle ground where I'm trying to like, we've established this was wrong. I now need to find understanding as to why it happened. You know, um, can I tell you a story? Yes, please. So you're going to get to hear about high school Claudio first. Ooh, good, so, good. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you figured out how sarcastic I can be sometimes. And I'm always looking for the joke. 
Really? Yeah, 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 sauce. Um, I figured out very early in life that I would not be able to impress women with my looks. So I decided I was going to impress them with my humor. <laughs> it's not come look at me. It's I'm going to make you laugh. And it's like Rosina can tell you I everything we do. I look for the joke. I'm always trying to make her laugh. And that's just been my personality for the longest time. And it for a while as a kid, as a, as a teenager in particular, that can lead to some smart ass behavior that I'm always looking for the joke, regardless of whose expense it's at. So I'm not going to say the person's real name. Let's call him Jimmy, one of my classmates. So Jimmy, um, let's say I think it was ninth or 10th grade. There was a running joke throughout the boys in my school, in my, my private school in Long Island, which I should say that for some context, uh, Jimmy and I were the only two minorities and he's black and I'm a, an all of the above mix here. So it's like, like the, a white school basically. And he's this running joke that we all put Jimmy's mom in everything. So like every, every, your mama jokes is a, it's not just a, your mama, it's Jimmy's mom. And he just seemed to roll with the punches. He like was a good sport about it. It was like, ha ha. And the ones that hit, he like chuckled at, but he'd roll his eyes and just kind of never let it affect him. So one day in class, uh, he answers a question. And I, I want to say it wasn't even like a harm, like a harsh joke. It was one of the more harmless. Your mom would be proud type of things. And he apparently like had the last straw and he backhanded me. I was sitting behind him and he smacked me up across my face. And I was like shell-shocked in the moment. And the teacher was shell-shocked too. And he was like, stop fucking talking about my mom. I'm sick of this shit. And this is like private Christian school. So obviously he was going to get in a lot of trouble. Um, we both get sent to the principal's office. I get detention for what I said. He gets detention and suspended for what he said and did. And in that moment, I actually got to talk to him. Apparently, his dad had just left and he was going through all of these things outside of school that he just like did not care what any of us said. And there was like a moment of empathy that I all of a sudden had to be like, damn, I've been making jokes about this dude for months and I had no idea what was really going on. And like, should he have reacted that way? No. Did the Jimmy's mom bit end right there? Absolutely. No one made a joke at that, that dude's expense for the rest of the year. And the ironic part is like, he's one of my best friends to this day. Like we bonded over that incident. And like when I eventually have a wedding one day, he will be in it. And I think a fascinating element of this incident with Will Smith and Chris Rock is that they're on these different levels of celebrity and of stature. And in one moment last night, it's the most relatable human thing that I've ever had to Will Smith and Chris Rock. I understand both perspectives that they're coming from. I understand Chris Rock's of like, I was just saying a joke, dude, like, what are you doing? And I understand Will's of like, I've, I've fucking had it. I'm not using ration to guide me right now. This is the last time. And it's just where I come away from this being a little more understanding, but not at all condoning the behavior. Like he obviously, whatever repercussions are coming are going to have to come. But 
I think it's just maybe it's just in my nature to try to find the understanding part. And there's enough here that if he's just like had it and he snapped, it's enough for me to like not justify, but at least explain why we had the incident that we had last night. I think all that makes sense. I mean, I don't think it's just like a, a random act of violence or something like that. Clearly, there there's a lot that goes into how you end up making that choice. And clearly, he was under an immense amount of pressure. This he, He's certainly aware mm-hmm. that this is his crowning career achievement award. And there's a tension when you're sitting in that room waiting to see if the thing and uh, he's been open about this he is campaigning to win this oscar you the book came out in part as an effort to win this oscar the pr campaign with jada from about a year ago was all part of the build-up to trying to win this oscar and in those last moments where the uh, you know the it's basically you know eleven fifty nine on the doomsday clock of if he's going to win this thing or not you you push the wrong button and you mm-hmm. got you got an unexpected reaction. I will say what what's come to light is that the Academy itself, or really the writers who did this are responsible for this joke and a mm. lot of other genuinely nasty jokes that I, I think there's a an element of some of it that's funny. And certainly I appreciate when they're, for example, dunking on being the Ricardos, which I detested, but there's a real uh, we hate movies element to yeah. the entire show last night that last duel joke was the most inappropriate like nasty toned thing of the entire especially because that that wasn't even a bad movie like if it was a movie that was like eight percent on rotten tomatoes leaving aside my love for it if that was like a piece of shit fine but that was a movie that was adored it's exactly the sort of thing that we should be crossing our crossing our fingers we ever get to see made again and they're there just crushing it i mean nightmare alley has the exact same story they may as well have just had a nightmare alley fake screener disc in their hands when they made that joke but i think that nastiness kind of filters through and if there's a single place that it blame should most rest it's on the people who made this show because they went for idiotic shock jock moments time and time again to try to get twitter heat Congrats, guys! You did it. You got your Twitter heat. You're up. You're up thirty percent in the ratings year over year, even fifty percent, depending on which metrics you look at. So, good job. Congratulations. So, I felt you cringing through the group text, and, and more to, not cringing, but fuming through the group oh, text seething. at the last duel joke. Um, and I want to transition to the ceremony in just a second, but I, I want to. I just want to say one thing. My two least favorite words from the re- it's like my reaction to the reaction today. I'm fine if you guys want to get your takes off. Like everybody is going to get our, we're literally doing a podcast, getting our takes off. Um, my two least favorite words have been what if? Like, what if oh, God, I The Rock was hosting? What if he slapped one of the female hosts? What if a white actor had hit Chris Rock? What if, it, good Lord, Judd Apatow, what if Chris Rock had died because of this? How about this? Like, Betty White one was the, can, the real doozy of it all. Well, yeah, the, the Betty White one is the best, but like, can we just play Mad Libs for a second? Will Smith hit Chris Rock at the Oscars. This is a once in a lifetime, never going to happen. All of the uh, outcomes in the universe, Doctor Strange uh, event happened. This is something that isn't like a normal mundane event that you can apply. What if or hypotheticals, all of that. And look, you're right. When you said in the beginning, you or I are not qualified to like 
break down the complexities of the racial aspect of this or the cultural differences in the takes. All I will say is like it is fascinating to see who's trying to apply empathy and understanding and who's going straight to call the cops. You know, that's that's all I'll say on that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I did not know that this year was going to be the most exciting Oscars ever. Okay, Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party. Okay, but right now we're moving on with love. Everybody make some noise. But I think that leads us to the overall bigger story in our little bubble of the film world. Why does the stage look like that? Why was it so easy for anybody to just walk up on stage? And it's part of a, a very small detail as part of, and I think you'll agree with me, the worst Oscars that I think have ever happened. Not in awards or like awards they gave out or anything like that. And last year like had its flaws. But like outside of the Troy Kotzer moment and like some of the bits, like this is one of the worst ceremonies I've ever watched and just one of the worst experiences. Like I was not enjoying myself when the, the will, the will Chris rock thing happened. And then all of a sudden it just became that afterwards. And I like, it's, it's so very appropriate that these Oscars that did everything they could to try and attract the bigger audience, like you were saying. And the thing that went viral was unplanned and unscripted. They deserve this to be this Oscars legacy. 
I, I got to tell you, I, I love the Oscars. I've always loved the Oscars. I've tried to see every nominee for, <laughs> frankly, like nearly 30 years now. You were would killing I, yourself I do the math? to watch this year. And like, like when you were telling me, like, yeah, I'm trying to get as many as I can because I have a streak going. It's like, wow, this is, this is I got, impressive. I, Keep it going. I got my 53 out of 53. I had to grind out some shorts and that that dreadful Mila Kunis movie, The Morning of the Oscars. <laughs> but I, I got my complete set in, again, I'm the person who cares the most about this. And I am just offended as a viewer, Leave, leaving Will Smith out of this entirely for now. I'm offended by this entire show, everything about it. And I, I appreciate all the ways it blew up in their face uh, and all the ways they deserve that. I can't even get into the flash speed force thing. Cause that's just the dumbest pandering on earth to Zach like this- Snyder was honored twice at the Oscars last night. <laughs> the, the worst part though, everyone knew what would happen. They would have this, they had this voting thing. And everybody knew what was going to happen, that the crazy people on the Internet were going to fuck it up and we were going to get some sort of mess because they did, for those that don't know, essentially an audience selection award based on Twitter votes. And if you've ever spent any time on Twitter, you can imagine how that might turn out. So fifth place, a wonderful selection. Tick, tick, boom. Fourth place, a movie that they wanted to win. Spider-Man No Way Home. Third place, uh, Mini Mata which is a movie that hasn't actually been released in the U S yet. And it was only voted for because the shitty people who think that I, Johnny Depp, like didn't abuse Amber Heard or think that because there's some mutual stuff in there uh, that he's absolved. Number one to all those people, fuck off. Yeah. Go number, away. number two, good Lord. Is it embarrassing to honor that Johnny Depp swill the same Johnny Depp who's too drunk and high on set most days that he needs to have an earpiece so people can read his lines to him so he can regurgitate them back out because he doesn't bother to look at the scripts for the work that he does anymore. That gets honored. Then the <laughs> God awful Billy Porter Cinderella gets honored, which was like film Twitter's like effort to troll this thing. And then Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which is just a fucking, oh my God, it's like a two hour, it's, isn't it like two and a half hours? It is a yeah. grind a slog, yeah. of yeah. a movie that nobody cared about when it came out, but all of his crazed fans went and voted for because they were like sad that the fucking Snyder cut wasn't eligible for this stupid ass award. This sad pandering to people who are never, ever, ever going to watch this show in the first place. And in the process, you're pushing me away. You're pushing you, Andrew, away. I, I don't want to, I'm going to, I'm, I can't turn it off. I don't want to watch this shit next year. Like, I don't want to come back. I wish that I had the like mental strength to just check the results the next morning. Mm -hmm. Like, see what the nominees are, because the nominees have been good. Skip out on the ceremony and see what it looks like the next morning. I don't have that strength, but I, I'm, everything about it. The set design was terrible. I, the Oh my God, Bruno. Oh my God. They talked about Bruno and I wish they oh, didn't. The, oh my gosh. They promised us, they marketed the hell out of it, that they were going to do the first live presentation of, we don't talk about Bruno. That's awesome. Like I let my son stay up to watch the first mm. live presentation of, we don't talk about Bruno and like all, all love to Megan, the stallion and everybody else involved in that thing. Who's talented outside of it. That song was not, we don't talk about Bruno. It was some like 
bastard amalgamation that someone came up in the comedy sketch writer's room and it was terrible. It was embarrassing. And you're just undercutting what people actually wanted to see. One of the only things about this weird Disney propaganda commercial of a show that they that people were excited about was to see the live performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno and you don't even give us that. Oh, fuck yeah. this. Fuck the Oscars. Fuck this ceremony. Well, so you're hinting at, well, not hinting at, but like you're hitting on the significantly more frustrating part, I think for both of us, is that all these things happened, the countdown to Snyder twice, and that we don't talk about Bruno, in spite of eight awards being announced live during the telecast, for an award show that went 20 minutes longer than last year, we had eight awards given out on Twitter an hour before the show. And you you texted us last night, like we knew eight winners at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's 9.15 and we know... 7.33 p.m. is when the Eastern, yeah. is when the last result came out. But I'm saying like at the start of the show, like we knew eight winners. And then, what was it, 9.15, we yeah. knew 11? And like, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a programming decision that worked. The zoomed in camera angle for the acceptance speeches I didn't like because I didn't like get to see the award. They almost know? missed Kotzer's hands. Like yeah. they almost zoomed in on his face so you couldn't see his hands when they were lower. It was crazy. Yeah, which like if the whole point of this was to pay more attention to like people the 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 uh hard of hearing or lack of hearing community, then it, you probably need to have the sign language as part of the telecast and part of the speech. Um like the uh the so like the the getting together reunions of the old movies and like the Juno reunion and the Pulp Fiction reunion. They worked, but like why is Diddy introducing the Godfather? Why is Tony Hawk and uh Kelly Slater and Sean White introducing James Bond? Like it, it just every programming decision they made, as well as the construction of the stage, like you mentioned the set, the stage being level with the ground, which led to the, the event that everything's good. Everybody's going to talk about from this Oscars forever. Um, and look like I actually didn't think Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer and Regina Hall were bad. I just like at a certain point, why was there three? Like I felt like they opened with a three person monologue. Then they went up to the introduce the DJ. Then Amy Schumer comes out and does a monologue. And it almost felt like, we weren't moving like the show wasn't like in a continuous stream. Like you want that. It's like a road trip that you're on with the show, not this stop and start destination in the programming. Yeah. I, I just, I can't think of a thing programming wise that worked for me last night. I, I think what you say about the, the sort of roadmap and the start and stop nature, I think it's really, it's really capturing something that I, I'm not sure I'd quite crystallize in my own mind, how to convey. I think all three of them actually did a, pretty good job. I think Sykes was, was who I think is wonderful in general. I thought she was easily the most out of place of the three of them because Schumer has a little bit of edge and nastiness to her, which fit the tone of the show. And I think she's great. I, I thought, I thought she had some really funny quips in there. I thought, and I know that this is, I, I don't know, people on Twitter seemed offended by it. I, I thought the Regina Hall bit with all the hot guys was, was pretty hilarious. I did um, until she like was legit feeling of uh, Thanos. Momoa and Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Thanos. Aquaman and Thanos. When, when uh, uh, Josh Brolin 
starved Labor Day, turned around and like spread them. And it was like, this is you want to talk about assault from last night. This is actually I, like uncomfortable. What's oh, come on. on right now. Everyone knew it was oh, going don't on. Don't come I on thought me, was, but like, I thought she, it was pretty funny. But like, it, I, I laughed up until that point where I was like, all right, this bit has gone too far. Here's the problem. Whether you think it's reasonably successful as a bit as I do, or that it careened off the tracks as you do, mm-hmm. why the fuck are we spending time on that at all? Like, why can't I watch Hans Zimmer win his second Oscar? Why can't I watch Riz Ahmed, an actor I love, win an Oscar? Like, why can't I have the drama of the moment of seeing him react? Like, I had to watch like YouTube, not even YouTube, like uh, cell phone video clips mm-hmm. to see the actual things that people said in their speeches from the early awards, because they didn't show them. They showed weird bastardized truncated versions of the speeches selected by, I don't know, the editors at ABC for what would be out there. And in an even weirder thing, they're doing some like erasure of the like official things, the transcripts that they released to the media of the speeches are the edited versions that they aired on ABC, not even the actual speeches. And there's nothing to avoid. It's not even like anyone went up there and was like, fuck the Oscars for putting us on the pre-show, which a lot of them should have. Nobody did that. I mean, Hans Zimmer just didn't show up. So props mm-hmm. to him. But uh, it, it it's crazy to me. The disrespect for film that the award show that's supposed to be about film has. So congrats, guys. You've become the Grammys. Good job. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway I have, actually, is that this felt like one of the, like an MTV Movie Awards thing with yep. the performances, with mm-hmm. the bits, the, the montages, which like I like that as part of my Oscar ceremony, which is why I like... They weren't even good. Like That's it, the thing. They have to be a little bit more thought out and planned out. And this just... A lot of it seemed like we didn't rehearse this to see or test this on people where this is the first time all of these things are being, being done. You know, I I'm lost at why they didn't get all the living bonds to come Mm -hmm. out on stage instead of having a shitty monologue. Like why not have Rami Malek who later introduced the bond song, introduce all of the bonds who come out on stage, wave to the crowd. And then they introduce Billie Eilish and Phineas to play the no time to die song. Boy, not only did I just make your show better, I just saved you like six minutes of time. Also, this is not hard. Like if you could get Francis Ford Coppola and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino to show up, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby will hop on an airplane to fly out to L.A. to go to the Oscars. Come on. Like just what a joke. I even thought. I thought there might be onto something with the shortened speeches that we saw, because I even wondered, like, if they recorded the ceremony beforehand, they recorded that hour where they gave out the other awards and just posted them on a YouTube channel. That's how people consume these things now. And I could almost forgive it if I got to see the full speeches, not live. Like it sucks, but if there is a way for me to take it in fine, but that, that doesn't exist either. If none of these are on the YouTube channel, none of these are posted in a way that people consume media now. So, and like, this is again, I just saw my family and we can transition into like things we liked after this, but like this whole thing that the messing with the formula was an effort to bring in younger casual movie fans and casual viewers that might want to. And I just saw my family. So it's my parents and my younger brother, who's 21. My brother 
did not watch and did not even know about the Will Smith incident. And like I showed it to him while we were having breakfast. My parents were watching Picard on on Paramount Plus when my mom was scrolling Twitter and was like, are you watching this, Andrew? Like saw my tweets and my memes about it. And then he texted me. Then they texted me. It was like, what's happened at the Oscars? And I sent them the, the Australia feed. And then they watched the last 45 minutes of the Oscars movies. They have not seen this year, but they were like, I want to see what Will Smith says now, if he wins, like they didn't, all of these changes didn't even work. They didn't get any new audience, which is weird that they are able to now spin the bump that they got from everybody tuned into seeing Will, Will Smith's speech as an uptick in viewers. But man, like as far as my little, little bubble of like the, Gen X and the the boomer Gen, Gen Z and the boomer generation did not take in this this event. That's like a huge indictment on the ceremony as a whole. I I got to tell you, um, it is an egregious lie to say that the ratings are are up in the yeah. way that they're going to present it. Leaving aside the Will Smith of it all, let's pretend that even if that hadn't happened before the end of it, there are all sorts of ways and eventually we'll get the specific breakdowns of the hours and be able to figure out exactly what the Smith bump was. But let's say about 15 million watched it up from the whatever 9.8 million that watched it live last year when nobody saw any movies because of the pandemic and nobody had even heard of anything that was nominated. At least people have heard of a few things this year in 2020. So for movies that came out in 2019, the Oscars did an all-time low, the record horrible of ever at 23.6 million. Mm -hmm. So 10 million more than the initial reports, maybe 8 million more, depending on which number you go with. The the year before that, 29.6 million. They, They the death spiral hasn't stopped. If anything, last night was a dead cat bounce on a ceremony that needs to profoundly change if it's ever going to have relevance ever again. But I think the takeaway from last night, most of us are going to come back, the awards obsessives and everything. They're going to start bleeding away. Like Mm -hmm. the, the people who are a little less crazy than me, but still like to follow the Oscars, like to see what matters. They're going to leave next year because this was a deeply unpleasant ceremony. So as someone that do you do you not like the changes that have been made to baseball over the past couple of years? I know you and I are big baseball fans, but like, do you like that? Not not the style of play, because like we can argue about the savor of it all for, for hours. We have argued about the savor of it all for hours, but like the the extra the extra inning rule and the seven inning double headers and the universal DH and the clear shifts that they're trying to make in changes to the game. Like I almost get the sense that they're being made like I actually don't mind half of them, but they're being made with the intention to bring in similar to what the Oscars is doing, bring in people that were just we're never going to watch baseball anyway, you know, and it's the hardcore baseball fan that they're spitting in the face of. And I almost equate that to what's going on at the Oscars. It'd be like if but this is even more of an extreme because this would be like if you put on the World Series, an event that people all like at 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 most were at the most people are going to watch as far as a baseball game is the World Series, and they like don't show you the first four innings. You know, well, they it, just, it would be like if opening day you can only follow it on Twitter. Yeah, but like that's the the thing that they do with like the the game is on Facebook today, and it's like who's Facebook in twenty twenty one? Like what are we doing? And like, those are the different things that the Oscars are experimenting with that. I just, I don't see 
Like, what was the plan to get more people to come in last night by polling Twitter, but by bringing it? Do you think the Snyderverse tuned in to see if it won or do they were just like, oh, well, we were able to infect this ceremony. Look at our power. That's the, the Snyderverse didn't even tune in to watch the Snyder cut. That's also <laughs> true. Like, that's the thing I said to you last night, a movie not released in theaters won for best cheer moment. Yeah. That is a thing that happened last night. Like, is that a fair equi- uh, equivalent, though? Like the, the baseball uh, nitpicking that's been done over the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, I actually I think it's a sensible way to think of things They're 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 also neither is willing to make the extreme moves that might actually make a difference. Like if baseball put in an extreme pitch clock, banned all, you know, basically made it so that baseball had the equivalent of a, of a clock and you mm. knew that a game would be done in like two hours and 40 minutes, which they could force no pitching changes or any pitching changes, like a 60 second time limit, no stepping out of the box or else it's an automatic ball. There are all sorts of things they could do to increase the pace of play that they don't do. Here's what the Oscars can do. Here's my solution. And this is extreme, but it's going to recognize a reality here, which is that viewers don't give a shit about who wins best cinematography. They just don't. I think those people should be recognized. I think those things are important. I care. I care immensely about who wins best sound. (laughs) It actually means something to me. But the average person doesn't, not even the average person, like the hardcore film goer doesn't care who wins best sound or best live action short or anything like that. Make it two nights. One night, air it, air them back to back. One night, you do all the tech categories, all the below the line categories, and the main night, and we can totally be honest about it. There's going to be a Saturday ceremony and a Sunday ceremony, and maybe the Saturday ceremony will have a few less stars at it. Who cares? We're going to let those people talk for as long as they want, say whatever they want on the microphone. No one's going to play them off, and I can watch my like weird French editors talk about like their craft for as long as I, as long as can amuse me. And then on Sunday we do the big eight awards. So actually we'll throw song in there. Cause that usually has some stars, but we'll do director, picture, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, original and adapted screenplay and best song. And we'll do nine awards. We will lock this thing at like two and a half hours in length. We can have lots of celebrities show up. We can do the in memoriam only with no oh, like even talk about that oh my God. ghastly fucking dancing. Like I, why on earth are you showing me a dance routine when I want to see the people whose careers are why I turn or why I show up to watch movies ridiculous, mm-hmm. but do the in memoriam, do a little joke bit at the beginning of it. Don't talk about Jada Pinkett Smith in the joke bit. <laughs> and we we've now fixed it. We have a two and a half hour show that appeals to the mass audience. And then we have a hardcore show the night before. Frankly, it's what WWE is doing with WrestleMania. They're having a two night thing with the more like casual friendly stuff that's going to be on Sunday. The more like hardcore fan stuff is going to be on Saturday. That's fine. Like more people are going to watch on Sunday and there's plenty of stuff for people to watch on Saturday. My kid will be sitting in front of the TV for, you know, nine hours over two nights this weekend watching WrestleMania. Great. That's what they should do here. If this is the way they're going to treat it, just embrace reality, bifurcate the shows, give us an A show and a B show sucks to have to think that way. But if they're going to treat the other awards, not even as a B show, but as like not on the show, what's lost. I I don't see what's lost. I've been wondering why they don't go to two nights. And like the, there was a thing that happened. It was a governor's award, right? On, yep. on Saturday night where you they gave out Denzel, honorary Oscars. Like Denzel, Denzel gave Samuel L. Jackson a life achievement award. And, and we didn't get to see it. 
I saw it through cell phone footage. Mm-hmm. Like, why was that not televised? And that I was would, like everybody dunking on it was like, yes, because this is not something people would have wanted to see on the telecast. Have that on Saturday night as part of your Oscar night one. And then night two, you flash back to it. Like, have an honorary Oscar on both nights. What, Andrew, what? you got a 45 second clip from Army of the Dead last mm-hmm. night instead of seeing Samuel L. Jackson have the biggest moment of his career. It's ridiculous. It and it was ridiculous. A, it was a 45 second clip that in reality was like 20 seconds because it was Snyder though. It was in <laughs> slow motion. So it ended up being 45 seconds. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just wanted to say that this is dedicated to the deaf community, the CODA community, and the disabled community. This is our moment. (laughs) To my mom, my dad, and my brother Mark, they're not here today, but look at me now. I did it. I love you. Thank you. Having said all of this, can we talk about Anything we liked about last night? You hinted at the, the Troy Kotzer speech. I so let's just man to man real quick. Did you cry? Yes, no Me question too. about it. Everything Me about too. it was perfect. I thought that um, Yunya Jung, the the grandma from Minari, was mm-hmm. perfect in the way that she set it up. I think she had just the right emotion. I think she was trying to sign his name at the end there, and clearly did the "I love you" as well. Um, I, I thought he absolutely. Nailed it. Now he's been killing it at the speech game all along. He's mm-hmm. just incredibly expressive and clearly just an incredibly funny guy. But it also seems like everyone who's ever met him loves him. There's a video from the theater, the deaf theater that he's worked at for however many years of all of the alumni like saying how much they adore him, which also brought a little brought a little uh, dust into the old room for me. I love Troy Kotzer. I'm so happy he won. I'm so happy he gave that speech, which was fantastic. I just think that guy's the absolute best. I, you know what? Let me say one nice thing. They didn't play off the major awards. Aside from Hamaguchi, which was, I just think, downright racist in the way so, they played off Drive My Car. Yes. But, okay, we'll finish. And I'll, I yeah. have a counter, but it's not even that much of a defense. Are you gonna say, well, it's it's... The second time, I get it because he held up the trophy and it seemed like he was ending the speech. But the first time. So the first time, doesn't he say thank you very much, which in there, like the crowd applauds. I don't know what the end of this. So I know that that's what that's, you know, that's how it came from him. But I also know that that's someone who's clearly not a native English speaker and clearly not overwhelmingly comfortable in English in that he had a translator standing next to him, taking mm-hmm. notes of everything he said in case he needed, a, in case he needed help 
during the speech, which is fine. There's no shade in that. But to see that she's there to help him and not give him a moment to make sure that he's managed to compose and get out his thoughts is is a choice. Yeah, but wasn't the band behind him? Wasn't the band behind him? What do you like, mean? So the, the band that played him off, basically, mm-hmm. they're behind him. So they can't see what she's doing. And so what? So if it's I remember, all on, it's, that, all on, I, it's all on monitors. They don't get a they don't so get a pass don't for get, not being able okay. to see it. They're, there's a giant, they're no, under no, the stage, I think, and there's a giant screen, which is how they pace out what they're doing. That's a good correction, then. So then, I guess the way I saw it was it was super awkward. Don't get me wrong, but like he says, "Thank you very much." They start playing, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" And then he gives the same speech in his native language. So they're like, "Oh shit!" Like we thought you were done. We didn't realize this was coming, and didn't play him off. And then they like played him off early, but they didn't realize that like there was more a, a different version. Of it wasn't a, coming. No, so he, the second one is when I was more frustrated. For sure. He had two two elements to it. I, I don't think it's, it, I, it's really it's much more of a, you know, here's part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he look, I get it the second time because he raised the trophy up in the air. That's like a universal sign of my speech is done. So it's fine. I, I'm just frustrated about that because that guy's I, that guy's awesome. He made a yeah. hell of a film and that's his moment, but it's also, it's not just that they, anyone who's been following this at all knows that that was the big moment for a movie that was nominated, not just in best foreign film, but in best picture, best director and best screenplay. Mm. So this is a movie that was nominated in all the biggest categories. And this was their moment. You shouldn't be rushing that one at all. That that one should get as much time as it wants. I agree. I thought they were just like, I thought it was more the awkwardness, not, I guess I didn't see the intentional part of them playing off, which is like, again, they, me they don't get a pass for, for incompetence, like a hundred percent on the incompetence. I agree. They don't get a pass. I just like, I didn't think they were intentionally, regardless, I don't think it even matters if they were intentionally doing it. They were incompetent. You're right. Um, so what else did you like? I thought Chastain gave a nice speech. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for that film um, or that role <laughs> very much. I love her. I think she's usually one of one of the very best actresses mm-hmm. alive. Didn't didn't love that one, but uh, whatever. I'm happy for her. She gave a really good speech. Um, I, I I thought that I, I will not be negative anymore. I thought that um, Sean Hader's speech for winning mm-hmm. for screenplay for Coda was quite lovely. Um, and honestly, there weren't many other speeches because <laughs> everything happened on the pre-show. I, I did not think the Coda best picture speech was very good from the producers. I wish mm-hmm. they had let Sean Hader handle that one too. Um, Campion, I guess she's got to be scripted now after the Williams yeah. sister thing, but that you was, think? that was not a banner, a banner speech. DeBose was kind of, I thought she was fine. Kind of the plucky over rehearsed theater kid thing. She's been doing all campaign season. Mm-hmm. I will say, I thought the Branagh moment was kind of nice. I'm, I'm not, I'm not happy that that movie won for screenplay of all things. Um, frankly, Especially, I'd rather. Yeah. PTA is now 0 for 9, like you said on the prediction. 0 for, show. 0 for 11, I think. 0 for 11. Whoa. Yeah, okay. ca- counting Jeez. picture nominations and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, I will say that, you know, Belfast was not, not my favorite of the screenplays this year, but I thought he gave a nice speech and it seemed like people were genuinely happy for him. And he's someone who's worked with an awful lot of folks in the industry over the years. So. Good for good for Branagh, but otherwise rough, rough times. Um, what I liked. So I'm with you on the, the Troy Kotzer moment. Um, Coda winning best picture. Just the fact that that happened is great. Um, especially just the 
the tone in which people have been talking about this movie and dismissing it. And like, do I think it's the most well-made movie and like is peak cinema? Like, who cares? You know, like there's all of these family dramas from like the eighties that get brought up. Like what's the difference between Coda and like ordinary people or Kramer versus Kramer? Like, we have told stories about American families over and over again. This one happened to be a very unique version with a lot of heart that really touched people this year. So like, go ahead, go stare at the mountains if you want to. And, and, and like, that's the thing we haven't really talked about power of the dog. I thought that movie was extremely well-made. I got it. And I just like, never want to watch it again. Like that. I don't want that to be my best picture winner. And there's too many, I think is best picture winners. Although acknowledging, I think it's the better made film. I'm very okay with Coda being the representative of this year in movies. You know, it's a weird thing that's happened. And I think it's the, I think it's because of the nastiness of some critics and the way that like film Twitter operates that you get likes when you say extreme and pretentious things Mm -hmm. and likes feel good. And Look, I think Power of the Dog is an excellent, excellent film. Um, like you, I didn't quite adore it. I do want to revisit it. Obviously, I, I got it, but I do think there's a lot of nuance to it that will benefit from repeat viewings. It might go down as the best movie of the year when we have 20 years of perspective on it. But I don't think it's a bad thing at all for the movie that moved not just me, but a great many people more than any other this year. And that's Coda. Like I let me be clear. I think Licorice Pizza is a better made movie mm-hmm. than Coda. I don't think it's very close. But Licorice Pizza didn't move me the way Coda did. Licorice Pizza didn't tap into something that I think and maybe it's manipulation and I'm a sap, but whatever. Um I I was deeply moved by Coda. I I I think that the the I've said it before. I'm sure I'll say it again. The scene in the pickup truck at the end of the movie is the, between Kotzer and Amelia Jones is the most moving thing that I mm. saw in a movie, not just last year, but in years. So um, I'm pretty fucking happy that a movie that made me feel feelings won the Oscar this year. Like the travesty would have been if something like, I don't know, King Richard, which I know you liked more than I did, but it's just like a stock sports yeah, movie. That's the best, best picture, picture winner. <laughs> or like, don't look up, which became that's just the, such like a nasty yeah. political football. Like if something like those things won, that that's where it's a bummer. Like the the people comparing this to Green Book are fucking idiots and disingenuous sacks of garbage. Man, each of them. Um, yeah. This is like at worst. This is like a kind-hearted, decent, like lovable movie at worst. And Green Book is is not. The problems with Green Book are not that. Like the people talking about Crash and things like that compared to Coda are all are all disingenuous fucks, and they can all screw off. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just got to get all this off my chest. Get it out, man. Last, Believe me, get it out. Yeah. Coda talk. But I think Coda is a good winner. I think it's a positive thing for the industry. I think it's good that all of those actors will have better careers after this. Like, it's not going to be so out of place when like Troy Kotzer shows up in like, a, I don't know, a David O. Russell movie in two years or something like that, or a Paul Thomas Anderson movie in two years, like put on the poster, Academy Award winner, Troy mm. Kotzer. That's pretty fucking cool. And yeah. I know he's got a movie coming up that he's the lead in. He's the coach of a deaf track team. Um, that's already positive progress. Um, it, because that guy had done like nothing 
other than stage work and like playing a Tuscan Raider in, in the Mandalorian for the last decade. And now he's out the lead in a movie and it's only going to get better from here. That's great. Like yeah. Amelia Jones is, has like, I'm I think going to have a rocket up her ass of superstardom. Now I, 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 I think it is very good that Coda won this award. I'm happy about it. And may film Twitter fuck off. Yes. May, may, tw- may film Twitter fuck off. Um, Sean Hader too. Like I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing great. what she does next. Uh, the reunited casts, while they seemed like out of place in and how they were pres- the Diddy introducing the Godfather thing, I'll never know. I'll never understand why that happened. Like, why didn't Spielberg do it? Thank you. Like, Steven Spielberg is right there, right there, and he didn't do a thing except sit there all night. Why is he not introducing the they're, Godfather? They've been buddies for fifty fucking years, sixty years. Why, why, why? Like George Lucas could come on down to introduce, yeah, to introduce Coppola because they're they've been best friends for forever. Come so, on. Like I did enjoy seeing and look, it's just like very self-involved, but some of the some of the movies that we've talked about on Final Review have come up and the like yep. seeing the the pulp fiction cast show up. And it's funny, when they did the Marcellus Wallace's briefcase bit, I was like, Oh, this is I'm actually kind of interested. What's inside the pit in my stomach when they pulled out the best actor envelope I was like, oh, this is gonna be that moment. Okay. I thought that, I thought that was kind of cute. I figured that's what they I thought were gonna it was do. cute, but I thought but, it was cute. It adds, I think, to the disappointment in yeah. the night that that's so much more like of a coronation that what was inside Marcellus Wallace's briefcase is the thing that's gonna give Will Smith an Oscar. And if it happens 20 minutes earlier, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. it means something completely different. Um, look, again, I'm a sap and I, I'm in the guy's camp and I, I do think what he did was wrong. And half the takes I don't necessarily disagree with. But like I did get choked up watching Will Smith get choked up at an Oscar. And like that's the most complicated part about this is that even after an inexcusable action, I still wanted to see the guy win an Oscar and I still wanted to see the guy give an acceptance speech. And the the complexities aside, I'm still able to be happy for him while acknowledging that's not at all what we're going to remember these Oscars for, like that he won his Oscar and gave a very emotional speech, you know? Um, the last thing that I think, well, okay, I will say this. We, I mentioned the hosts. In a vacuum, I liked all three of them. Like I liked Regina Hall and the job she did, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes. I didn't like the fact that all three of them were there. I would have been okay with like a host, you know, that kind of a quarterback, a, a, a driver of the car rather than them taking turns driving the car. Uh, but like, I, I, listen, I don't want to be like disrespectful, but I've just like never found Amy Schumer all that funny. And she was really funny last night. Um, so that, that I think is the other thing. And I think the last big thing that I enjoyed um, was that once again, in our Oscar pool, we lost. <laughs> Oz, and why did I lose? I, I, I lost by one, one award because I got convinced on our pod that Penelope Cruz was going to win best actress. And lo and behold, I switched my, the one, the only, only thing I was convinced that I, I switched from our pod was Penelope Cruz for Best Actress. And I lost by one. 
in our Oscar. You, you would have, yeah, you would, you lost yourself tie. that tie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wonder why I was so good. Now I will say this to defend you because you were very, you're, you're this is, you defend things by trade and like you, you hopped on the Penelope Cruz bandwagon at plus 3,300 on Oscar morning. It was plus 250. It was like, all right, these odds are doing a thing that you just kind of have to see where the movement's going. And like, this might just add on to just a frustrating part about the Oscars. They were very predictable. All of the favorites yeah. won. Even Coda was minus 160 by the time Best Picture was announced. Um, but uh, at least going into the night, I should say, it was plus it was minus 160. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as our picks go, I beat you, but it was by one. And yeah, we both lost our Oscar pool to your wife yeah. and to John Macri's wife. I will, I will say that my wife, I think, got like a six out of 23 last year. Maybe it was a Ooh. seven. So, so she's, she came back strong with the, Vengeance. I don't know, what, what was it, like a 20 this year was the winning? 19. 19. 19. She, I had she, 18. She had 19. Yeah. She pulled a 19 and Dolores pulled a 19. So prop, props to them for beating us again. Dolores, uh, 19 out of 20 outside of the shorts. 0 for 3 on the mm, shorts. There's a reason she, she wins our pool every year. <laughs> I will say, like, I got one award wrong during the live broadcast. One award wrong. And it was the best actress. So during the live broadcast, the, the yeah. eight in the beginning, I went one for, I went four for, I went, yeah, I went four for eight. And then I got one wrong during the live broadcast. Regardless, that will still exist. The Oscar pool will still exist. Whether I actually care about the awards that decide, I might just treat it like fantasy football. Where I set my lineup and then I like, go off and and that's that's i think the biggest worry oh, about that's a bummer oscar. way to think of it that makes you a lot know? of sense is that we just like do oscar pools and then just tell me if i won the next day or tell me if i won on monday at work you know you know the the one last positive thing i'll say i've crushed this person all season because i really didn't like her movie i think that lady gaga was put in an incredibly difficult yeah, situation geez. at the end there like liza minnelli is a, a legend but probably should not have been put in that situation. And I think that Lady Gaga showed um, genuine empathy and care in the way she, I think a hot mic picked up her leaning in and whispering. I, you know, I, I got you. I got mm-hmm. you through this um, that I thought was really nice and props to her. Cause it, it does seem like I, I don't like her accent at House of Gucci, but it does seem like she's a lovely person. And uh, I thought that was, you know, a little, a little grace note of positivity to end a misery dirge of a ceremony on. Yeah, I, I think much like you, I was just very uncomfortable during that entire best picture announcement. And she made it less uncomfortable, which is yeah. a, a good on her. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, how does I don't say resolved because I just don't know. This 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 incident's gonna be in a take cycle for a while. I'm already kind of exhausted, but this is up there for like biggest biggest thing that's happened that doesn't matter in like in a long time. Like I put as far like the Kanye Taylor Swift. I was thinking the Kanye thing. Taylor Swift thing is that it's what it's the closest to. Yeah, because like the take cycle came out. The difference there is like there's no defense for what Kanye did, and at least there's understanding if you want to go down that road of like how Chris Rock has has like lit the fire that led to Will eventually snapping. There was no like Kanye was just being a jackass in that moment, as Obama called it. The like the so I thought about the stars born Bradley Cooper peeing himself scene as like, oh my God, that it happened. It really happened. <laughs> you know another I, one I thought of? 
the the wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl because like oh yeah that's an event that's up there that transcends the world in which it happened in like that that all of a sudden became bigger than the game going on and this suddenly the fucking LAPD has was contacted as a result of this really again two Americas anyway um how do you see this all getting like what what's the next thing that happens that involves Will Smith and Chris Rock as far as like is there a world where in a way to move on from this they're presenting together next year or they're hosting next year or they're I, giving out best picture will will is clearly not going to present next year it's a fun joke that's been going around on twitter but he's obviously not going to do that um i do think that there's a chance that they present together next mm-hmm. year or something like that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're both on like oprah or something like that um to that's uh, a good call oprah to, yeah to hash it out at some point in the next couple of months i think we'll we'll get a like a little apology cycle out of it uh, and then everyone will move on and i think that this apology cycle will not to be cynical about it uh be rather well timed to the release of will's next movie so um mm. well okay you want to talk about some timing the conspiracy of is this real so chris rock's about to go on tour for his next special and you mentioned will has like the movie Emancipation coming out next year. And like Red Table Talk is a thing, you know, like they could bring literally just go on live on Facebook tomorrow and talk about what just happened. I don't know. There's the, the all publicity is like, well, like Chris Rock does have a, a year's worth of material now from his jokes. I'm not saying at all. Last night was staged. I'm just like, as a transition, well, I mean, you do have something to move on to if you'd like. Um, I guess my the question, the overall question I had, which we answered, was like, when's the next time we see Chris Rock and Will Smith publicly? And I think you you nailed it. If it's together, it's going to be at the Oscars next year presenting together. Yep, I think that's right. Or or some sort of sit down, big yeah, PR Oprah, stunt yeah. sit down. Yeah. I, I, got, I got one. I got one for you. Before we, by the way. Before we wrap, and it is—I yeah, can't believe I'm going to do this. Um, yeah, good. What's your pick for next year? What's your best picture for pick? The bet. Oh wow. So okay, I'll tell you. I've seen everything at the festivals thus far this year. There's nothing that's come out. There's no coda out there that's coming for yeah. uh, for best picture from the current. Well, releases. like this is the other thing about coda is the history that it made. Like it's for Sundance movie. First Sundance people- movie to win best picture um, is pretty amazing. Uh, so. The Scorsese movie, what I do hope is that we do get as much as like, I know I'm about to say, I hope three white guys get nominated for director, but like, I do hope we get a situation where James Cameron, Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese are nominated for best director next year. And then like, I mean, I have to see what the, uh, the rest of the field is. And then it's between those three, you know, um, yeah, I, I honestly, you're the better one to ask this question to. I'll go Avatar Two's not winning a, a a Oscar. Um, I'll go Killers of the Flower Moon now, the Scorsese movie. And as I learn more about what else is coming out, I'll I'll figure it out. Uh, what do you? What's your pick for right now? I I like you. I'm down to those three as the three obvious picks. I I'm gonna go Avatar Two. You think there's just Avatar there's just Two? A, a rumbling around it that's so strong that I 
I think that Avatar 2 could do it. It's going to dominate the tech categories every bit as much as Dune did this year. I'm, I'm going to go with Avatar 2. So the, the times people doubt James Cameron or when he comes back strongest, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making the crazy call now and say that Avatar, you know, Undersea Adventure, whatever the hell it ends up being called, is, is, our, is our crazy town best picture winner next year. So the, the Harvey Weinstein movie, She Said, directed by oh, yeah. a woman, directed by a woman, um, Maria Schrader, I think yep. is her name. Um, and that's, that could be the, not, I don't want to say upset pick, but that could be the, the, like, this is important and personal and about something recent that Hollywood rewards. Um, and then you have the, the Chazelle movie, Babylon, that I, I think, think the has, Chazelle movie is legit. Yeah. I, there's a David O. Russell movie reunites him with Christian Bale. That's going to obviously have some heat. I, I don't think the Weinstein movie is going to make it. I think that's the sort of thing that I don't know what the budget is, but that seems like something that's going to um, win a spirit award. Like bombshell, uh, like it's going to go that route where it's it could, like, I don't know all these people, but I don't think it's as fun as bombshell. Okay. I think it's much more serious, which puts it more in a category like the assistant, which was my uh, number one movie two years ago, but um, is not something that is a real Oscar contender because it's a rough, miserable sit. I guess spotlights, yeah, spotlights. It was, it was number three. Oz. It was. Yeah. You had a, uh, what's it? Well, it might've been two. You had the father was your number one last year. I thought I had the assistant one father too. It was either might've been two, but father was one. I, I remember that pod. Huh? Yeah. All right, well, top two. There top we go. Two, Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't retract my love for the father. That movie is incredible. Look, we're talking about two amazing movies right now. The yeah. father and the assistant. I, I, I wouldn't discount um, the Olivia Wilde movie. The, oh, red. What's it called? Oh, no, don't uh, worry, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yeah, yeah. Harry Styles and a bunch yeah. of famous people. That that I think could be mm. a player. You want to talk about some takes? You have Ted Lasso dominating the Emmys, and then all of a sudden, Olivia Wilde shows up with Harry Styles at the Oscars. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> talk about uncomfortable. Um, okay, that's by the way. That's the the Oscars wants to get this right. Have Ted Lasso host the Oscars? Literally, Sudeikis, like, <laughs> go as Ted Lasso and host the Oscars. No one's going to... Imagine that's where you do a team up because he's good with the guy who plays uh, Coach Beard. Have yes. the two of them together. That'd be Have perfect. the whole uh, whole Richmond team, like, host the Oscars <laughs> next year. There's your solution. Um, my heart pick is Jordan Peele. Nope. But again, I need to see a Jordan Peele film before I actually declare whether or not it's going to be... Oscar worthy. Um, okay. I think we've done the 22, 2022 award season justice, this thing that just would not end. Uh, Oz, do you have anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Thank God it's over. Thank God it's over. Indeed. Uh, you can check out all Oz's stuff at the Adventure of Dreams. You can follow me and him um, on our respective Twitter accounts that are in the bio of this episode, but as well, Oz is at Oz on Movies, and I'm at Andrew J. Claudio underscore. Um, you can find this podcast on um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Uh, it is Godfather Week here at uh, Final Review, so we'll be diving into that this week. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody, and tune in next time for another final review.